do this again and again and again. Uh, we're on episode three, uh, and what we're going to talk today about is um, learning to adjust to the Navy. Uh, so when you learn to accept that the Navy does things the way the, the Navy does, right, the Navy way, uh, and you stop fighting it, the more successful you're going to be uh, as you go through your career and take on the challenges that you need to. And we're going to get into why that's important. Uh, and it's not just conforming for this for the sake of conforming. And, and we're going to dig into that. First, I want to talk about uh, one little housekeeping item is uh, I know I probably got like three people listening to this right now, and hopefully that changes in the future. But uh, the plan right now is to front load as many episodes as I can. Uh, I want to get maybe 10 or 12 up before I uh, I kind of just get into a normal periodicity, which is going to going to be a goal of weekly. I do work full time. I, I, you know, I'm in the Navy just like everyone else. I'm on shore duty now, so it's a lot easier to pull these off. And then eventually, I will rotate back to sea, and hopefully by then, uh, I have up a significant amount. So there's a library for people to go back to, and uh, I'll add when I can. But just so that everyone knows, the goal is to uh, f- to stack up a little bit of a library, and then uh, go to a weekly a weekly period to see from there. So with that, uh, I've added something a little new this time around. I'm going to start each uh, each show with a history segment. Um, a bit of, bit of a history nerd, as I, I've mentioned before. And so I, I'm going to touch on uh, little history things. May or may not relate to the episode. Uh, may or may not relate to junior leadership. But they're going to be naval-oriented history and heritage topics. Uh, and so the first one I want to talk about uh, is TM2 uh, Henry Brialt. Okay, so he's a torpedo man, and he's the only enlisted person awarded the Medal of Honor in the history of the submarine force. And so an interesting fact before I, I get into exactly what he did was he served four years in the Royal Navy, uh, which is the English Navy, uh, from the age of 16, and then he joined the U.S. Navy when he was old enough to do so. He'd only been on active duty just over two years when this happened, uh, the action that he was he uh, was awarded the Medal of Honor for, uh, and so I'm gonna I'm gonna get into exactly what he did. I'm basically I'm actually gonna read his uh, Medal of Honor citation. So for heroism and devotion to duty while serving on board U.S. submarine OTAC Five at the time of the sinking of that vessel on the morning of 28 October 1923, OTAC Five uh, collided with the steamship Abengaris uh, and sank in less than a minute. When the collision occurred, Briault was in the torpedo room. Upon reaching the hatch, he saw the boat was rapidly sinking, and instead of jumping overboard to save his own life, he returned to the torpedo room uh, to rescue a shipmate whom he knew was trapped in the boat. He was actually sleeping, uh, closing the torpedo room hatch on himself. Briault and chief electrician's mate Lawrence T. Brown remained trapped in the compartment until rescued by the salvage party 31 hours later. So uh, the, the story goes, Petty Officer Briault was working down in the torpedo room uh, when the Abengaras collided with the submarine and, and ripped a 10-foot hole in the side of the submarine. Uh, so it started sinking. And Briault escaped, basically, got topside, and then he realized that there were still people down below. He realized that uh, Chief Brown was sleeping, and he went back down to get him. And so the, the key there is that he didn't have to do that. That was not something uh, that was inside of his scope of responsibility as a junior sailor would understand it. 
necessarily, right? And so I say that because I'm going to talk later about, and, I, and I've mentioned it before, about how when you have the ability to act, you have the responsibility to act. If you have the capacity to do something positive uh, in any situation, you have, as a leader, you have the responsibility to do that. Petty Officer Brialt was a junior leader. He was he was a second class petty officer, a junior one at that. Uh, two years in the Navy. Pretty sure he's about twenty three when this happened. Uh, and so he this isn't something he had to do, but he felt compelled to because it was a responsibility he had, and he did it. And, and it's a great example of of what we're going to talk about. Uh, actually, in the next episode, we're going to d- jump into junior level leadership. Uh, but he's an a- excellent example of that of doing what needed to be done, even though it wasn't necessarily his direct responsibility to do so. Uh, He went above and beyond. He did what needed to be done, and he saved lives doing it. Um, So it was something I I wanted to talk about, something like that, not just because of the history segment for the sake of history segment. This one actually uh, relates to junior leaders directly, uh, which is the reason we're doing this. So so there's that. Uh, So now... We'll go into what we're going to talk about today, which is learning to adjust to the Navy. Okay, and, and when I say adjust to the Navy, I mean, uh, you know, you, everybody comes in the Navy, and they you may or may not have heard the saying, "There's your way, my way, and the Navy way." Which one do you think's right? Right. So, so then, so the Navy way of doing things. Uh, I'm not just going to talk about the way the Navy does things. Out, you know, tradition or or crazy stuff that doesn't make sense, but also just like instructions, policies, any any of it, it kind of all fits in when we're talking about the Navy way. Uh, the Navy has its way as an organization of doing things. And when we join the Navy, we do so with the kind of with that understanding, like we're joining the Navy and it's a large organization. The part, there's bureaucratic parts of it. It's it's huge uh, and, and it's been around a long time. So in, in certain areas, it's kind of set in its ways. Uh, so junior leaders accepting early that no matter how stupid they think it is or how hard they kick and scream and fight, uh, that the Navy will just smile back and continue continue on doing what it's doing anyway will allow them to rapidly adjust. And that's key because when you learn uh, and accept that the Navy does things the Navy way and you stop fighting it, the more successful you'll be. And we're going to get into how you adjust and why accepting that will make you more successful. And like I said, this may sort of sound like, oh, this guy's just trying to talk me into uh, doing it the Navy way and, and, and drinking the Kool-Aid for the sake of drinking the Kool-Aid, just for conformance conformance sake. And that's not what I'm talking about at all. And, and we're going to start talking about that by addressing the first kind of main point, which is perspective. Uh, you know, the perspective a lot of junior sailors have – when they struggle uh, with the Navy way is, well, it doesn't make sense, so I'm not doing it. Well, it doesn't make sense. I, you know, why would I do it that way? Um, this is stupid, so I'm just, you know, I'm not doing it. I'm going to take my ball and I'm going to go home. Uh, these kids, you see, they, they've shut down. Like, it's hard, so I'm done. I'm just not going to do it. This is stupid. The Navy's stupid. These chiefs are stupid. The leadership's stupid. So I'm just not doing it. Uh, I'm just not going to be part of this organization and essentially sit on my hands and protest and tell my EAOS and the ones that are constantly talking about that. And I can't wait to get my DD-214 and all this other crap, right? Um, just taking my ball and going home. So w- when you do that, you, you know, we've talked about operating at the micro level. The perspective you have when you're at that level doesn't 
allow you to immediately understand why the Navy does what it does. So whether as a worker or a junior supervisor, your perspective is, is going to be at that level, which is why it doesn't make sense. And so you got to do everything you can to gain perspective. Uh, and we're going to talk about that when I get to understanding. But you need to accept first that you know your perspective is small um, by the nature of your, your lack of experience in the organization. Uh, you're, you're new to it. You're still learning it. And sometimes... It's a maturity issue because when young adults come into the military, they're still very young adults. So they're still maturing. They're still kind of understanding what it is to be an adult, understanding what it is to carry this kind of responsibility uh, and be part of an organization with these this kind of structure and rules and everything else. Uh, and then the final kind of part of perspective is that you may be right, but you're not in charge. Okay, so like I was saying, it's not conformance for conformance sake um, because you may be right. You may be right. And a lot of times young kids today, I've noticed, uh, I mean, you are right a lot of the times where you question something that may have made sense when the policy was first put into place or when the way of doing things was first created, but it doesn't now. It's outdated. Uh, it's slower and less efficient and, and you've got a better way of doing it. And that's great. Uh, those kind of ideas shouldn't be stifled. Those kind of ideas should not be uh, brushed aside. However, uh, a lot of times what happens is they are because of the way they're presented, um, because it's the kicking and screaming. Uh, if, you know, this is stupid and it doesn't make sense. I've got such a better way of doing things. So it's either, you know, it, it, it's received in that kind of petulant, immature manner uh, or, you know, you're being combative or you're, you're being disruptive about it, or it's not received at all because you just say it's stupid and, and then the idea is never received or communicated. And so it never comes up. So understanding that you may be right, but you're not in charge is a, is a big step in and of itself because that piece of understanding that it's, it's like the beginnings of understanding is accepting that you, you may have this great idea and you should try to communicate that idea constructively because there's a pretty good chance that somebody, uh, you know, there's some pretty intelligent leaders out there. Somebody's going to realize if presented correctly and, and they, they receive it because it's presented correctly that, hey, this really, this really is a good idea. And you'll see that in the Navy. There's stuff going on right now. There's, I mean, they, they award innovation, literally. Like there are awards for innovation where somebody comes up with this great idea. You know, they kind of beta test it and it works and they submit it to the Navy and they're like, holy crap, like this is, this is amazing. And, and it makes this process more efficient or better. Or it's especially when it saves the Navy money. Cause you know, they love saving money. All those lowest bitter jokes are rolling through everybody's head right now. They literally award innovation and they're continuing to do that. There's a, I forget the name of it right now. There's a, uh, kind of like a think tank, operation in DC where these people are literally working there just to come up with the Navy's next bright idea. It They're starting to accept that more and more, and they're starting to try to foster that an environment of innovation more and more. So these ideas are going to become more and more valuable on a big scale, but and that'll trickle down eventually. Any huge organization like this is going to be slow to change, so eventually it'll trickle down, but right now it's kind of still a slow-moving thing. And so just be patient with it, but understand that your good ideas are good ideas and that they should be communicated, but you're not in charge. So just because it may get dismissed at one time or, or you may not be able to immediately implement it because you're not king of the world, you know, uh, doesn't mean that it's a bad idea. And it doesn't mean that you shouldn't continue pursuing that idea. 
Uh, you just need to understand that it's not always as easy as, well, I have this good idea and it makes sense, so let's just do it. Okay, there's uh, there's ripple effects to everything. So now let's transition to un understanding, okay? Uh, you made a choice to be here. So one of the things that I, we see the most is kind of where I, I was talking about the, I'm taking my ball and going home theory where people shut it down, all right? Uh, the first step in understanding is taking responsibility for the fact that you volunteered to do this. You joined the Navy, it didn't join you. Okay, so the, I mean, you came here with this concept of wanting to serve or wanting to do something to better your own life. Um, a lot of times when we first have uh, classes come in, we do this, you know, okay, so why did you join the Navy, right? Why are you here? What are you trying to get out of this experience? Uh, and it's not always this patriotic pull to serve. Uh, a lot of times it's, you know, wanted to see the world, wanted to get out of a bad situation, you know, wanted money for college, whatever the case may be. But whatever your motivation is for being here, take responsibility for the fact that you're here and the only way to get here is by volunteering. I mean, there's no other way. Nobody can force you to do this. So you volunteered, went through all these steps uh, and raised your right hand, took an oath. So no one made you do this and chances are you did it on purpose because that's the only way of doing it. So you need, to, you need to take responsibility for that. Stop trying to, you know, you got these kids that come in and they try to, well, they join the Navy, but it's like they think they just got a part-time job at Burger King. All right, that's not what happened. All right, you joined the United States military and, you, you know, you did it with full knowledge and understanding of what you're doing. Nobody coerced you. Like, you need to take responsibility, be an adult, and, and just accept that. Stop trying to point fingers and blame everyone else for, well, if this sucks and I'm miserable and it's everyone else's fault. No, it's not. It's your fault. You did this. You joined the Navy. And it's not a bad thing. I'm not trying to frame it that way. But you're framing it as a bad thing if you're going through your first term and you're having trouble and that the way you choose to deal with that is is negatively uh, and, and you're pointing fingers at everyone else and you're not taking responsibility for your volunteering to do this for a living. Uh, so own that. You should be attempting to be on board at least by default because that was your conscious decision. Uh, it's kind of it's like being a guest in someone's house, right? Like, like it's not going to change to suit you. They're not going to change the rules just because you're there and, and to make you more comfortable. Like I mean, they, you know, they're going to attempt to take care of you, but at the same time, I mean, there's rules. It's somebody else's house. It's not your house. So you should be functioning kind of a, with that in mind, so that you you know to a certain extent. You should understand that conforming to the rules that exist uh, until they change is a responsibility you have because you volunteered to be here. Um, so another part of understanding is so now that you know this framework framework exists is studying the process that exists and ask for help as you study it to help understand it. So instead of fighting something you don't even fully understand in the first place and then just shutting it down, study it. Learn how it works. All right, you could be surprised by what you find. It, it a lot. Of, I, I can tell you, there's been times where, from the outside looking in, without a full understanding of the process, I pointed at it and said, "This is stupid. I don't understand why we do it this way." But then when I picked the book up because some crusty old chief that I thought was an idiot or, or whoever told me that no, really, I mean, there's there's a really good reason for why we do this, right? And on submarines, a lot of times there's there's policies or programs or rules where, you know, we say they're written in blood because somebody got hurt 
or died. And so we came up with this policy or, or safety measure or interlock or whatever so that it never happens again. And it may seem stupid or tedious and you're going through this process and you're like, why am I doing this? This is so ridiculous. It's so that you don't get hurt because there's a story behind it. And so when we, when we share those stories or when you take the time to study the process and learn how it works and get that understanding, you could be surprised that, oh, wow, this actually does make a lot of sense. And there is a really great reason why this is done the way that it's done. Uh, on the flip side of that, that it may be stupid. It re- and we've talked about it earlier. Your, your idea may be a really good idea. You may be right. The process may be out of date. It may be uh, this old archaic thing that doesn't make sense. It may have never made sense. Whatever the case may be, it's like they can't, somebody came up with an idea to try to solve a problem and you may have a better or more efficient idea but study the existing process first. Instead of being the good idea fairy and, and every new problem that arises, you create a brand new process to solve it. It's like use the existing process. You know, the MCPON calls it brilliant on the basics, right? Go back to the basic process and study that process, understand it, and find out if that's going to work. Find out if a small change to the existing process or an update to the existing process will work before you know we start rolling out the, these great new you know ideas or, or whatever the case may be. Uh, study it, learn it, understand it, uh, and ask questions. If you don't understand, a lot of this stuff can get complicated and confusing, especially at the level you're at with the lack of experience uh, and training on some of these concepts that you know I'm going to talk a little bit about when I talk about acceptance is uh, they can get a little confusing. So ask questions, ask the chief or officer or whoever is responsible for the program, ask questions uh, if if you have trouble understanding it while you're studying it. So acceptance, I wanna talk about this because this is the key to this whole thing is accepting that the Navy is what it is and it does what it does. Um, Adapt and overcome. So accept that you're here now, uh, just like you wanted to be, and accept that there are rules and processes and learn your way around them, all right? And I don't mean circumvent them. I mean learn your way around how to use them and how to leverage them to get everything you can out of them. And so here's what I mean by that. The Navy, you know, say it's like a sandbox, right? They drew the boundaries of the sandbox. It's a pretty big sandbox. Uh, I can play in it however I want to play in it as long as I stay inside the boundaries of that sandbox, right? And so the way I look at it is, is whatever the process happens to be, uh, my job as a leader is to lead, to take care of the sailors that, that work for me and do everything I can to get them to where they want to be, uh, help them develop, right, and, and lead them in completion of the mission. So whatever the process is, and I'm going to use enlisted evaluations as an example because I think the current system is silly in some regards, all right? It's, it's certainly not useless and terrible as some people think it is, but it's definitely lacking, like the, the especially Block 43, right? Uh, the, of the East, you know, E1, E6 evaluations. It's, I've only got this tiny amount of lines uh, where I have to uh, encompass everything you've done for an entire year in my communication to the selection board that you're ready to be a chief or, you know, I mean, in the case of like more junior enlisted evaluations to whatever board that happens to be reading it, like some kind of officer session board or whatever. So I've got this comically small amount of space to communicate to them like, Hey, this person's great. And they did all these amazing things and uh, you should promote them or, or, or you should select them for this program. And so uh, instead of, 
kicking and screaming and moaning about, oh, this is such a stupid program. Why does it work this way? This is dumb. And then taking my ball and going home. I've taken a ridiculous amount of time to study the uh, enlisted evaluations manual, to get online uh, to resources like, uh, I think it's navywriting.com. There's a book written on it about enlisted evaluation writing. Uh, I've sat down with chiefs uh, that have spent a lot of time showing me how to properly represent a sailor to the board so that they can get selected and, and taken a lot of time to to kind of master evaluation writing so that the existing process being what it is, uh, because I have no control over changing this, is I master it so that I can best take best leverage this system to take care of the sailors that work for me. And I can tell you I have a very uh, good track record as far as sailors being selected to chief or being selected for officer session programs or evals that were considered when some of my sailors applied to cross rate or whatever. Being uh, like commanding the system in the way that I can and, and just taking the time to understand it and study it and leverage this system to take care of my sailors puts me in the best position to take care of my sailors. And it seems really simple when you say it that way. It seems like comically simple. So many people spend more of their time complaining about how everything works instead of figuring out the best way, the most efficient way to leverage the existing process to get the job done, uh, take care of the sailors that work for them, make their life just less stressful, uh, turn out a better product, whatever. You take the time to understand that the the system is what it is. If you are eventually in a, in a position to change it, hey, great, right? And, and at every level, you you control a certain level of, you, you know, you have a sphere of influ- influence. There are small little processes that you'll control as a junior leader or even as a worker bee. There are small things that you can control, like the way that you know, you're assigned a task to complete it. And there are probably even parameters on, on what can, what's considered successful completion of that task. But generally, there's about, an, there, I mean, there's an infinite number of ways you could actually go about completing that task. As long as you end up with an end result of the task being completed successfully and you didn't do anything inappropriate or break any rules on your way there, most supervisors are going to be happy that the end result was accomplished uh, and they can cross that thing off their list. They've got a good end product. It, it was accomplished. Good to go. Moving on. So any at any level, you're going to have some form of control over a process. So when you do have control over the process, hey, great, do whatever you can do with all those great ideas and your creativity and innovation to make those processes and, and consistently question them to make them better, uh, to make them more efficient and to, and to help further mission accomplishment, boost morale and everything else. But accept that there are a lot of things, a lot of things, most of which probably are the primary cause of your stress and you probably complain about on a daily basis. Most of those things, you need to just accept that you can't change those things. That's the Navy. Uh, And the sooner you accept that the Navy way is the Navy way and you learn how to navigate it and how to leverage that system to best take care of yourself, uh, your sailors, and accomplish the mission that you're charged with accomplishing, uh, I mean, your stress level is going to plummet and it's going to just seem a whole heck of a lot easier and you're going to be much more successful in doing whatever you're you're doing and accomplishing whatever mission you have. 
So with that, uh, it's conclusion time. So we talked about uh, perspective, right? We talked about the the small the small or or micro level perspective that you start off with, uh, and kind of broadening that perspective so that you can get to understanding where you broaden that perspective enough that you understand that you don't have control and that it is what it is so that you can accept that and move on to leveraging the system uh, to get done what you need to get done. So stop fighting it. Stop fighting a system you can't change, but you can improve from the inside, right? When we learn to work within it uh, and take care of our people uh, that need to be here, they stay here because they're valued, they replace poor leaders, and then they change the system for the better. So the more we do this, the more we're going to continue to retain these really bright, high-functioning people that need to be here, that we need to keep around so that they can be the future senior leaders, so that they can be available to mentor the next generation and the next generation. And then we just keep kind of clarifying uh, and improving uh, the group of leaders that we have in the Navy. And it'll just continue to make the overall thing better. So just, I mean, that's kind that's the theme. Be better. Just be better at everything. Strive to be better. Be more intelligent. Study the system. Understand why things are the way they are. Um, how they became what frustrates you. And then pursue change. Find uh, at, at your level, which is small but significant, whatever that, that is, and then pursue change. Uh, with rank comes influence and the responsibility and we keep, I keep using that word, the responsibility to leverage the system to better the organization, uh, the people in it, uh, in both its current state and the state you want it to be in. Uh, so it's your responsibility, absolutely your responsibility to do these things, to take the time to study it, to understand it, and then leverage it to take care of the people you're responsible for leading. Or, I mean, in our customer service uh function as cooks uh because that again that's my frame of reference is to take care of them to take care of the customer whoever's on the receiving end right and so that in the leadership capacity your customer is your charges the people your your subordinates the people you're charged with leading um so do whatever you need to do uh to get to this place because it's incredibly important and it's one of those things a lot so many people struggle with just accepting that the Navy is what it is. It does what it does. Uh, there are things you can control, but there are many more that you cannot control. Uh, so study them, understand them, and leverage them to make it better. So that's it. That was the topic for today. I hope you guys really enjoyed it. Um, so coming up next, I'm going to kind of end the show from now on with what's coming up next. Uh, I'm pretty I'm pretty excited about the next one. The next one uh, is junior-level leadership, which is kind of why we're here, and we're going to dig into what junior level leadership is and how you can be successful at it. I've had a lot of questions come in from new, sailors new to the Navy that, I mean, they're between six and 18 months in uh, and they're put in supervisory positions, really junior level, like watch section supervisors. Uh, and then they find themselves encountered with a lot of the personalities that we've kind of, we've uh, discussed a little bit and they don't know what they need to do to get those people motivated to perform, uh, to help contribute to the mission. Some of them have shut it down and taken their ball and gone home. Uh, so how do you undo that or how do you deal with that at your level? You know, what mechanisms do you have uh, at your disposal and so on? So we're going to we're going to tackle that issue and kind of dip, dip into what you can do about it, how you can be a good junior level leader. Uh, and it's tough. It's a really tough role, but we're going to talk about what you can do uh, to be good at it and uh, hopefully answer some questions you have about it. Uh, so that's it. 
I really hope this this touched on something that or answered a question that you had. And uh, we'll see you next time. So with that, don't give up the ship. Thanks for listening.